A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film that turned you on to them. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. Ooh, Michael, we've got a really fun guest today, all the way from across the pond. My God. My God. One thing, dear listener, that I don't want you to forget is that we are an international show. Okay. Cosmopolitan, baby. We're global. That I recorded most of our first episodes in Istanbul, baby. We've always been international. From the start, my God. And we are keeping it going. Michael, who are we talking to today? Uh, We are thrilled about today's guest, digital editor of Little White Lies and film writer Hannah Strong, everyone. I love children. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I when you were just doing the intro just then, I just kept thinking of of Pitbull and um, Mr. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't say it, don't say it. Like, <laughs> Worldwide, <laughs> worldwide, <laughs> Hannah's strong. <laughs> that's yeah. That's maybe I'll ask people to introduce me that way every time, like I do a panel or something. So, you know, just kind of yeah. like this, yes. Mrs. Worldwide, like <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> You know how they have like sister cities. Like, I mean, you could maybe be sister artists, you and Pitbull. Yeah, <laughs> my coming to London, Hannah Strong and Pitbull. I, have, I do like to think of myself as the Pitbull of film criticism. Like, <laughs> as of now, now I have just started thinking of myself as the Pitbull of film criticism. Um, so you know, I think you gotta run with it because you gotta have a gimmick. Like, you gotta have real. a gimmick. You gotta have a gimmick. I'm always saying this. <laughs> And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to be Pauline Kale. You know, I want to be Roger Ebert. I think, like, there's an untapped market for, like, <laughs> the, the Pitbulls, the Acorns, the uh, yeah. Jazz, DJ Jazzy Jeff of film criticism. Like, you know, 
I will say I I don't know that much about Akon. Uh, the one of the main points of reference that I have for Akon is that he did do a Bollywood movie a few years ago, and I was what? like, "This guy is the real Mister Worldwide." Come on, okay, Akon! I did not know that. That passed me by completely. He I, did. Wow. Oh yeah, he did a number. Uh, I can't remember which movie it was, but he sang the song uh, "Wanna Be a Chumachello." Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, still waters run deep. Gosh. Yeah, listen, Akon. We really need to give him some respect. <laughs> wow, looks that like that is a man of the world. <laughs> an Akon cinematic retrospective. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do a Bollywood episode all about Akon. <laughs> Let's just focus on the hits by Akon. Yeah, just his one song from like the mid uh, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, let's some... schedule a two hour block to talk about that. I was getting my nails done um, and my nail salon is, is amazing. I love it there um, because they always play like the weirdest like music videos. And you know, the, now in, in the kind of climate we live in, you don't see music videos that often unless you yeah. go looking for them. You really don't. You know? It's such like, a tragedy i miss that i could sleepovers when i was a kid we would put on like the music video channel and just like watch yes. like music videos it was the best and so this is like my you know at one hour every three weeks i go and get my nails done and i watch these music videos and last time i was there the video for mr lonely came on and i was oh like god. oh my god <laughs> akon <laughs> where have you been like it was yeah so he's on my mind i think that's the that's the reason like <laughs> listen there is no playlist like a nail salon playlist like in my like small town where i grew up the <laughs> the nail salon would always play like like uh piano covers of like Andrew Lloyd Webber songs like very dramatic like covers of like the Phantom of the Opera and Cats and I was like I love it here <laughs> oh my god I have so many positive memories of going to the nail salon with like an older cousin or an aunt or a mom and I do remember like that kind of place being the first time I really got into the song Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer oh, Lopez. Yes. That song <laughs> that song made me fantasize about being an adult. I was like, oh, I can't wait to be an adult and fly to Miami and drive my cars. <laughs> the way that all adults do. The way that all adults do in my purple, my shiny purple shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a great blowout and go to Miami. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what you do when you're an adult. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. Beautiful liminal spaces that are nail salons with their incredibly old playlists. <laughs> and you know, I, I find them a deeply, deeply special and sacred place. And oh yeah, I love that we're talking about <laughs> what, what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what's the deal with nail salons, guys? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Great, Spe great portal to discovery. <laughs> yes, yeah. Speaking of nostalgia, um, we are going to be talking about a movie uh, which apparently I think in the um, I think it was I can't remember was it Variety or the Hollywood Reporter where they have anonymous uh, Oscar voters talk about the uh, nominated movies. Um, said that they wanted to live in the world of this movie, which is insane. Um, so, what? Hannah, could you tell us who your stealth sex symbol is and what movie we're going to be talking about? I, I You dropped that on me, and now I'm just going to be sat with that, you know, thinking about what insane person said that, like... Um, the, the, my, my, um, style set symbol, that's a hard thing to say as well, um, <laughs> is, uh, Barry Keoghan in, uh, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Such a good choice. Again, we've said this on, you know, 
some episodes before, but this is like the kind of performance that this podcast is made for. (laughs) (laughs) And he, I think in particular that, you know, Barry, I think is a a very, um, a good pick when, when you sent me over the kind of like, who would you, who do you want to talk about? And I gave you a few options. He was the one that I was like, I think he fits the kind of Venn diagram with everyone as hot, you know, because he's his whole thing since he came around not that long ago. He's you know he's yeah. quite young. Is he's very new. He's yeah. like weird little guy. Like that is every <laughs> single role he plays. Just weird little guy. Weird little guy in a David Lowry. Film. Yeah. Weird little guy in a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Like and, yeah. And you know what? He he nails it every single time. I never want him to stop being a weird little guy. But this I think is the kind of almost the peak of his powers. I would say it's yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful performance in a film not short of them either. There are, you know, a real solid quartet of like incredible performances in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, for anyone who has not seen the film before, which if you haven't, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, uh, you had like a whole season. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> was an Oscar, Oscar frontrunner, like... so come on, guys. <laughs> but Michael, could you tell the listeners what The Banshees of Inisherin is about? Absolutely. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Oh, God. Major understatement about Gosh. alarming consequences. Oh, my God. I am dead. <laughs> alarming. Well, we, are, we are not spoiler averse on this podcast, uh, you know, because we figure if you're listening... You can you can see the movie. It's fine. Uh, so I think we can say that the alarming consequences are that um, you know co-stars uh, Brendan co-star Brendan Gleeson cuts off his own fingers, um, and then eventually kills the uh, beloved donkey of other co-star Colin Farrell, uh, and so then he turns from like a nice sweet dummy to uh, a man who is hell bent on revenge. He goes so, all John Wick on him. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Don't fuck with animals, guys. <laughs> if there's you one thing we know, yeah. don't do that. You know, it's never going to end well, and <laughs> rightfully so. You know, I I remember seeing this film for the first time, and the second Jenny appeared, I was like, I'm ready to lay down my life for this donkey. <laughs> like, you know, I was just kind of like waiting, and I get that now, like having been through. 30 years of my life and seen so many animals die in movies like when oh. one appears on screen i'm like i'm gonna square up with like any anyone who like <laughs> cut, you know like comes up against this animal like i'm just just kind of like inbuilt now into me into, is this like sense of like please don't hurt the animals like you know yeah. and jenny is just so sweet and beautiful and it's, it's so sad the manner in which she passes away in the film yeah. but there's no way to go there. yeah <laughs> that, just a horrible way to go it's not not how i would want to go and um th- that the sad thing is that like yeah i mean there are many sad things in this film but it it's not a malicious act the yeah. way that it happens which i think it, the whole film is about miscommunication and misunderstandings and yeah. this is like one of the kind of big ones in the film oh and, absolutely yeah and personally if i was gonna uh you know choke on brendan gleason's fingers it would uh, definitely be in a different context well speaking of before we get into the main conversation we like to get a little warmed up do we not michael (laughs) we absolutely do wow what a segue do that Uh, I thought that, I thought it was very skillful, very smooth. Thank you uh, so much. <laughs> uh, gotta give you your flowers immediately. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so yes, uh, we do like to get a little warmed up uh, with 
a little thing we call the sexy trivia game. Mmm, yes. Yes. We love getting slick with the sexy trivia game. And Michael, what is the sexy trivia game? Well, uh, about 30 minutes before we record an episode, we go on to IMDb or any kind of trivia website, and then we source the trivia and we arrange it. Michael, no, no, uh, no. Why did this... Several days ago. Several days ago. So we're a <laughs> I planned was operation now. Very good. We're, this is a smooth running machine these days. Ooh, we love it smooth. Oh, God. We are printing the papers out here. Uh, yes, we are indeed. And in this sexy trivia game, we give you some interesting information about these films. And today, we're going to start with Michael. Michael, could you read? Number A. I can read. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Did you know that Minnie the Pony was played by a pony named Minnie? Jenny the Donkey is played by a donkey named Jenny. Mm. But Sammy the Dog is played by a dog named Morse. You gotta change that dog's name. Wow. <laughs> He's Morse now. Right? <laughs> That dog's an imposter. <laughs> this dog is a fake and we hate this dog. <laughs> Someone get Sammy the dog to play Sammy the dog. Somebody feed Morse a human finger. Get him out of here. That's the only animal I don't care about. Get Anna. him out. <laughs> would you like to keep us going with number B? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I... I uh, having, having listened to this podcast before, I was unsure if I should do a sexy voice, and then I was mm. like, I, I, "It will sound like Peter Serafinowicz." <laughs> Listen, in he is hot. He is hot. He is. He is do hot. it, he do it, hot. do it. <laughs> also, you know that Americans inherently find any British accent hot. So any you know, British been, accent. I have been told this, but having been to America many times and like not being kind of like immediately swarmed by eligible bachelors, like ah. I'm. Was was the proof of this? You didn't you have know? the Love Actually scenario where you <laughs> no, just go to a random no. bar in the U.S. and everyone's like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> no, Bill Hader didn't appear out of nowhere like you know a Hulk. Like, um, <laughs> but regardless, I will attempt to read this in a in a manner that is not totally uh, mm. disgusting. It's <laughs> the first word that came to mind. Well. Uh, <clears throat> Did you know all of the main characters' sweaters were made by the same elderly woman who knitted them by hand specifically for the film? She also mm. knitted doubles for each sweater. She was not present on set and did not meet the actors prior to creating the pieces for them. That's Holy. hot. Mm. Holy elderly lady. Nothing hotter than a sweater. My God. I love an elderly lady. That works mm. hard. Me too. You know. Oh, nothing hotter than a hard-working woman. An old emphasis on hard. An older woman with a job. Sign me up. <laughs> she stays busy. <laughs> okay, number C. Okay, people are gonna laugh at me when I do this, but I'm going to take a swing. We did say that. British accents are inherently sexy. So I'm gonna 
You're going to do this? This is the decision gonna, you're going to make. I'm going to try. I'm already <laughs> embarrassed. I'm already sweating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number C. Banshee is the anglicized term for beyond she, from old Irish meaning woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman. She's a spirit in Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member usually by screaming, wailing, shrieking, or keening. And that is the sexy trivia game. Yikes, I'm sweating so hard. <laughs> hey. I thought that was pretty good. Hey, look, Thank I, you. I, I'm just some guy who talks like this. But I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I immediately was like thinking about my grad school classmates <laughs> and I was like oh my god <sighs> if they hear I was, this <laughs> I mean I have a lot of friends who love to do a, a British accent and that is definitely not the worst I've heard thank um, you so I have much <laughs> it's um I, I I was just expecting like you know the Mia Goth like sexy baby voice oh like my that, god you know I feel like that's the kind <laughs> of like so in this movie I had to <laughs> really hard I just loved cutting off this man's penis and <laughs> that I don't know if you guys have seen that clip where she's talking about what she would do if she wasn't an actress. It's like, if I was not an actress, I would open a blueberry muffin shop. And I'm like, <laughs> this what? woman is not real. No oh way. <laughs> I just think she's like a psyop, like by the British Tourist Board or something. Like, okay, I'm gonna Google. Uh, sorry, um. <laughs> so, that's, that's my that's my take on on British accents. Yeah, no, I mean, no. Listen, Mia Goth, true Dickensian orphan. <laughs> like, oh my god, like that's the. That's Please, sir, uh, can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> we get her to do a cover of like um um what's the song in oliver where is love the one that he's oh like god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Sorry, what cat what about like <laughs> oh. She's... oh okay she's gone okay. oh. i'm sad we didn't see the cat oh yes oh my god beautiful this means oh. nothing to me. the list is like what <laughs> yeah so sorry everyone but <laughs> oh my god i'm so sad that you cannot see this cat oh michael oh is god. getting a picture of the cat because we love no, my this god, cat the, oh my god the beanie baby oh my the god beanie baby tag oh my god she is immaculate she is beautiful she is perfection She's gorgeous. Oh she's beauty. She's yeah. grace. She's Miss America. <laughs> <laughs> Very nosy. So she just came over and uh, sat by me, and then now she's wandered off. She's going to sit in the bathroom, uh, probably for the next hour and cry. Um, she's wonderful, and I'm in love with her. But anyway, oh back to <laughs> not a dog, not a pony, not a donkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we needed another animal in the mix. <laughs> She heard us. Yeah, she got jealous. Like, that's why. <laughs> well, Hannah, nice that we're all good and hot. Uh, tell us about your thinking when you chose Barry. So I, I've been singing, saying Keegan. Is it Keogan? Keogan. So Keogan. I, um, I was listening to a interview he did with RT, which is like the mm-hmm. um, Irish um, television radio station, their equivalent of the BBC, basically, and um. He says, if, if by his own mm-hmm. uh, what, 
decree. Yeah. <laughs> it's it it Kyokin, is how he pronounces it. Interesting. So. Um, well, I've seen a lot of people me. talk about the movie where they call uh, Colin Farrell's character Padrick, and I'm like, they clearly say, like, like Park. Park, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, I mean, I, I, I'm one of those British people that's like, well, actually, I have Irish interests. Um, <laughs> I, I love Irish names. I think they're so beautiful. Yeah. And like, um, I went to an, a Catholic school, so I grew up around a lot of like, oh yeah, uh, Neves and uh, Siobhan's <laughs> and I, I am a big fan of like Irish pronunciation, and Irish spelling of names. So, um, I was very determined. I was like, I, I want to get this right. I want to be in a Sharon and Podrick and uh, Colm and you know say say all the way it should be intended. And yeah, I, yeah. I I just yeah I love the cadence and the rhythm with which they speak in this film, and it's so nice as well to just get a film where everyone gets to talk how they would talk normally. Yeah. Because that is all their accents in the film and. Yeah, it's nice. It's, I mean, Barry can do an American accent, as we've heard in other films, but yes. um, it's nice. To, I, I think he's he's got a lovely, lovely cadence to his voice, and it's yeah. Yeah, very well like, executed in this film. There's some lovely line deliveries from him in this film. Oh, just beautiful, and <laughs> it's really lovely. I mean, like in the the time that I've like spent, like you know, in in the UK, that you know, there is like such a movement of like, you know really teaching these other languages you know besides english because i mean we we don't really have that so much in the u.s i mean like we don't have like you know systematic like teaching of like in indigenous languages and things and like you know i've got in my grad school class you know several like welsh speakers uh you know who are you know every time they post on instagram they you know caption things in welsh and they're like their first language is welsh and stuff and it's it's really it's really lovely to see i think especially like as as an american being like oh i wish we did some of that (laughs) yes it's definitely getting more i think it's there's kind of a resurgence of interest and a resurgence of kind of trying to keep the um native languages alive like celtic and um gallic and um Mm -hmm. In Wales, I think they have to take it until they're like sixteen or something. And yeah, um, yeah. I think in Ireland it's taught as well. I think there might even be an interview with Barry where he's talking about this. Um, really? I, I, in the back of my head, that's rattling around. I'm sure I've heard him talk about speaking Irish. Um, and I guess it would have been nice to have a little bit maybe that in the film. But it also mm. must be kind of must be difficult, you know, to kind of even get people that have that kind of skill set to like teach right. the. Act as well and um it's yeah it's a lovely language and i think one of the great things about this film which is semi-related to what we're going to talk about is it it gives you such a sense of place and time Mm. you know watching it i can kind of understand why that anonymous insane voter like (laughs) like, oh yeah i would love to i mean yeah it doesn't seem terribly (laughs) like i i get drunk all day and just kind of walk around (laughs) yeah Yeah. very much to martin madonna's credit in that he's very good at creating this sense of place but like you Mm. know the civil war is happening (laughs) right exactly it's like when they stand on the shore and they hear like bombs going off you're like do you really want to be living there and also like people are so depressed that they're cutting off their own fingers like like, where do you want to be exactly exactly he saw that pony and that mini donkey and he was like yeah yeah Yeah, i'm sure you know this i think this was uh they had several different like categories of voters i think this one was uh someone who worked in like marketing so i'm sure that they're like kind of like on 24 hour uh work schedule so i'm sure they were like 
oh my god he wakes up just kind of hangs around then goes to the pub <laughs> has a few beers goes home <laughs> running suspiciously like me as a student like yeah <laughs> getting into arguments that no one really understood at the end right. of the day like yeah yeah just playing yeah. our fiddles and cutting off our fingers <laughs> all day long during uni <laughs> Yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what exactly was it about like this performance in particular that made you want to, you know, discuss this further? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been a big fan of Barry's since he kind of um, appeared on the scene. I guess he, uh, I remember seeing him in seventy one, which is a mm. film about again about. Um, Irish conflict, um, yeah. <laughs> but a very different type of film about Irish conflict. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's about the uh, the troubles in Northern Ireland, and it's a very good film, very brutal. And he only has quite a small role in it. But I remember thinking, watching it, I was like, "Oh, this guy, this guy's got something." And mm-hmm. I was correct. Had <laughs> 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 anything to do with the trajectory of his career? Um, but yeah, I, I remember being very impressed, and. Um, have kind of followed him ever since you know I, I remember I was so excited when he was in Killing of a Sacred Deer and mm. Dunkirk which isn't a film I really like very much but I think he is good in it as, as much as he can be <laughs> um and then uh things like Calm with Horses and his little but very memorable role in The Green Knight I think yeah he's oh yeah he's in that. kind of yeah he has uh, like two scenes but yeah. he really <laughs> really really makes him earns his paycheck in that film and um this was the one that I was like, oh my god, I you know I love Martin McDonough. Uh, caveat, with the exception of Through Billboards, which I don't like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I think In Bruges is a masterpiece, and mm. I even like Seven Psychopaths, which a lot of people don't mm. like very much. But um, I was very excited when this film was announced, and I love Colin Farrell, and the idea of Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson was enough for me to pay the price of admission. But then you add Barry to the mix, and I'm like, oh my god, two acting. Irish acting legends and the kind of the new blood like coming through and I knew that Barry had like worked with Madonna before on mm. on the stage so I was very excited to see kind of how that transitioned and I think he just kills it in this film you know he's yeah. playing the supporting role but he is just so good at threading that needle between funny pathetic mm. annoying and kind of creepy like I, it's not an easy role to play i think that most actors it would be tempting to just go kind of one route mm-hmm. but he is able to make you kind of feel this deep sort of like pathos watching him and mm. he has a couple of like the best lines in the film and i don't think it's necessarily the writing i think it's in his delivery of the lines mm-hmm. i think he's so sharp and such an incredibly um uh, physical like presence on screen he's so kind of in command of his body and his face and yeah I just think it's it's very much an indication of um how far he's come as an actor and also the kind of I, I what I feel is like the next stage of his career and kind of mm. how far he's gonna go I think it's yeah it's definitely his best work to date but also I don't even think it's kind of you know the the extent of his talent. I think he's gonna get. I sound, I sound like his PR agent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He should be like taking dictation, like <laughs> sending it to his agent. But no, yeah, but I, it's it's true. Yeah, I mean, I it does like. I mean, it is the kind of performance that like gives you so much like hope for like their future career. And and I think it is something that I think about a lot. That I think he really hit on in this is the the ways that we find attraction in 
actors and characters where part of it is the separation between the actor and the character and like knowing that there's a separation there because I mean he does often play psychos pathetic people you know yeah. like real you know anti-social like freaks Dana West and, figures yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but there's something about seeing someone embody that where you don't I mean if you encountered someone like his character in Banshees in real life, you might be, you might have sympathy for him be like, Oh my God, sorry that your dad beats you possibly sexually assaults you. Um, but you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to spend time with him. No, um, God, but, no. but seeing an actor portray that suddenly that character becomes attractive because you see the skill and the humanity that the actor brings to it. And like, yeah, I'm always like so fascinated by that weird because most of the characters that I find attractive are these kind of like weirdo freaks <laughs> and that, that like I, you know, if I if I met a person like that in real life, I'd be like, I got a key for But yeah, same. yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember I was looking through the episode list for I've totally done my homework with the podcast. Um, and oh I saw God. that. Um... Uh, my God, I, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um... <laughs> You, you had um you had a guest on talking about uh james spader in crash yes, I think we did. Like, yeah so i that is i think is a very good reference point for where i'm at in my life where i'm just mm-hmm. you know kind of like i think increasingly as you get older you realize the things that are attractive to you and not necessarily the kind of you know the the um performances that feel very conscious about that mm. i mean even something like paul mescal in after sun you know i think paul mm. mescal's a very attractive man but so many people were obsessed with his character in that film and i don't think it's that he's a kind of traditionally hot character i yeah. think it's that of emotion he brings to it and again that separation like watching this incredibly skilled actor at work is hot like yeah, it's hot yeah it's so hot to me <laughs> and colin farrell in this film you know in banshee's oh, like yeah. oh my taking God. one of the most attractive men on the planet and one of the most charismatic men on the planet and you're making him into like this sad little like you know kind of like a little bit of a loser who if i knew them yeah. in real life i probably would be a bit like please get me away from this man this yeah. doll man he only wants to talk about his donkey and <laughs> you know jinking um but yeah i mean such is the kind of the incredible skill of these characters and also we get the context as, as the audience you know we get the context of dominic mm-hmm. in this film and kind of what he is living with and that kind of loneliness i think we see in him that the yeah. other characters don't see mm-hmm. and you know they're kind of reacting to him as people that have known him his whole life and we only see him for those five well however however long 50 minutes of screen time he's got whatever and we're kind of you know we maybe feel a little bit more sympathetic because we've not spent 20 years like inflict pain and annoyance but like if you've got this like overarching picture of them then like that you can have a lot more sympathy i mean you know going back to like our previous episodes and we just you know had one pretty recently where we talked about david thewlis and naked and i mean that's a, a truly horrific character but i mean we all agreed that we found him very attractive <laughs> like all of us talking about it and it's because you get this like very comprehensive picture of like someone in pain and i, and I do yeah. think that that's similar like i mean i like you have found barry keoghan in uh in this 
movie very very attractive but yeah but if i i've met this man on the street i'd be like this guy's a fucking leave me alone i absolutely have met uh colin farrell's character and barry <laughs> keegan's uh characters at uh my local bars in different <laughs> capacities and man oh man anytime i see these people i write them down and uh try to state my discomfort with them and I leave it at that. But uh, this conversation is making me think, oh, maybe I should ask them more questions so I can understand them a little bit more in context. Well, should you? Because I mean, that's the thing. It's like they're very appealing when you watch them in a film. But like, I I have the same impulse a lot of times where I, I you know, I meet someone, uh, you know, when I'm out and about and I'm like, I, this person seems interesting and like they're maybe hurting and like I should I should get to know them better. And then you get down the rabbit hole of like, oh my it's god! It's just now like, oh, there's nothing like, but pain. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, like I've got my own shit. This person is like texting me all the time suffering. and like trying to call and like. <laughs> and that's yeah. The other beauty of this character is we only we only have to spend two hours with him. Yeah. Um, with the end of the day, we leave Dominic and Patrick and uh, Colm's like trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we leave them where we leave them, and that's the end of the day. And I'm in. And I think as well, they act as kind of like, um, what's the word? Uh, like ciphers or mirrors mm. for our own kind of, you know, I can see myself in Dominic. I can see myself in all those characters. I think yeah. all of us are haunted by this worry that we might be a bit more boring. Than oh my maybe. God. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I think. I'm sure you guys have had this thing where you're telling a story and you're like, am I, am I, am I is this interesting? Are people right. like, <laughs> are you hooked? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I think like, that's the other thing is that um, in real life, meeting this person would be very different, but kind of mm. seeing it on the screen and thinking about the way that you interact with people um, makes it kind of, yeah, it elevates. And also like as a person, I'm just deeply like, I, I am I have that like I can fix him like thing in the back of my oh, head girl <laughs> you don't have to tell me <laughs> yeah, there's some of that with Dominic sure that kind of like oh this poor baby bird oh yeah. my god help him out like, and that, I do love that we have the wrong way <laughs> yeah and I do love that we have this like through line of like Carrie Condon's character of like it kind of sort of being an audience surrogate where or just like a sort of like truth teller to all these characters like when brendan gleason is like talking about how colin farrell's character is annoying she's like you're all fucking barren <laughs> like you know <laughs> and in and her kindness in that i mean the scene that's been going around on social media of oh, when god like yeah when, uh, <laughs> could you ever phone a ever... boy like me <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, or whatever but uh, oh but yeah there I mean, goes that dream oh uh, oh gosh <laughs> there, there goes that dream but I, I, my favorite part of it is like again i like i feel like i keep getting like drawn to the like more comedic parts of it but like when he's like well let's go over there and do whatever the thing i was gonna, gonna do over there was like that the way he like trips over his words is like oh and and he makes it look so natural as well. Yeah. I mean, yes. It's so impressive. Like acting like you're stumbling over your words is like a hard thing to do. He, and um, he takes in this performance, like so many lines that could feel like kind of like heavy handed punchlines and makes them feel so natural and so funny. Like I mean, the hardest I laughed when I first watched this movie was like after they have the fight at the dinner table where he goes foiled again. And like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that could be such a like kind of like corny joke, but like the way that he does it and like how his body collapses when he says it, it's like it 
it feels so real and it's so fucking funny because of it. And the, I mean, my other favorite kind of exchange, I think that Barry and um, Carrie Condon have like incredible, I hope they work together again because I think they have a really natural oh, yeah. kind of chemistry together. And um, when they're kind of having that exchange over dinner and he says, was you never wild? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. says it with such kind of right. like, oh, like, and, and she, and, you know, Ke- Carrie's delivery of a, was I never wild? Yeah, like, in her, yeah straight face like, wild? Was it never wild? Just <laughs> so, oh. and so and that is yeah, that's like, like you say, it's a case of the the lines themselves are not kind mm. of where the magic lies. The magic is in the way that I think it is partly good direction, but it's you yeah. know partly incredible delivery as well. Like I think that um oh, yeah. and I've noticed that this across like what rewatching I rewatched Killing of a Sacred Deer um yeah. as kind of homework. Not that it's ever homework <laughs> to watch a Yorgos film. Um, yeah. and also I was like, if I watch it now, then I might be like prepping for the new one as well. So I was like, you know, it's right. a good time to rewatch it. And um I was I was struck by this again because obviously like Yorgos's dialogue is so different to mm, Martin mm-hmm. Madonna's dialogue. It's like, kind of like the opposite, in fact. Because I've you know yeah. he, it's um really interesting kind of seeing the way that like Barry delivers something like that, which is equally kind of like straight faced, mm. but very kind of like monotone. And I yeah. was like, it must be so challenging as an actor to kind of try and like have this very flat like cadence, but be like portraying the most kind of like psychotic character possible <laughs> and I, I i mean i think out of all the characters he's played that is probably the one that is just like dead behind the eyes like there is like nothing yeah. like <laughs> no, like martin is just like kind of like totally like kind of unsympathetic and mm-hmm. um you know that's where i draw the line i think because as a barry stan i'm like no that's the character i'm like mm, no. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> The meatball scene. I'm like, mm, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I think that like one of the things that I find so attractive about Barry is that like he, I mean, there's been like a lot of talk in recent years, like both in the US and the UK and, and in Ireland, I'm sure as well, like about um, like Nepo babies and about how like, you know, the industry is kind of like closed off to working class people. And like Ooh. Barry is like a genuine working class yeah. actor. He's and like I, hard... I do think, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think that that's really, it lends a, a definite gravity and dimension to his characters in a way. I mean, I, I remember reading, it was years ago, so I don't remember what the exact source was, but it was someone talking about like teaching Shakespeare and like in like an inner city school where lots of people like had parents who had died and like or were absent or you know had dealt with poverty and stuff, and saying how like you know they had also taught you know rich kids who had formally studied Shakespeare, but that like the actual and so they maybe they maybe could do the verse, but like the actual like great acting and the emotion came from the people who had like experienced like these huge emotions even at like a young age and I I think that that is maybe part of his appeal is that like he's got like a a well of experience like even Mm. as a young actor you know yeah, I mean, I, I remember interviewing him for American Animals. So at the time, he'd not done very much. He was kind of, um, I think he'd, do, he'd done Dunkirk and Killing of a Sacred mm. Deer. This was like his first lead role. And um, I remember asking him about this. And I said, you know, in, in American Animals, this is kind of exchange where his character says that he feels like he has to go through something in order to be an artistic genius. Because mm. he's, he's an artist. He's a, a um, um, I think he's a, a, like a painter, an illustrator. I can't remember, but 
so he yeah he says yeah you have to go through some trauma to be a great artist and mm. i asked barry if he agrees with that and he was like yeah i absolutely think you have to go through some shit before you can become mm. great and i think now looking at the trajectory of his career i'm like oh okay yeah no maybe he's got a point like i do think like um it was fascinating to see him be so kind of candid about it and he's you know you know he's been very honest i think in interviews about his experiences growing up and Mm. you know he grew up uh, partially in foster care and partially raised by his grandmother and his mother um struggled with drug addiction and he has he's not only a kind of like you know a story of someone like um making it in Hollywood despite these kind of massive obstacles I think he's someone who really um is a grafter and works so hard and Mm. I think that is very rewarding to see I like it when you can kind of see the threads on 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 a person and you can see kind of um it means something to them the success and Mm. you know it's been so delightful watching him these past like since Venice really and the journey that film that um Banshees has had because he has been so delighted at every turn it's been such a joy watching him mm. react to kind of awards and interviews and things he's like a you know he's my age he's a month older than me and, yeah. and I I feel very already tired and jaded and just <laughs> yeah. watching him kind of like run around like a puppy is just so kind of like you know kind of gives me hope it, it's like he hasn't been beaten down by the system yet and um mm. that I think must be difficult to kind of maintain that like spark in in a system as brutal as Hollywood I think it must be hard to kind of you know keep keep the stamina that you must need to be an actor I'm not gonna not gonna like sugarcoat I think there's harder lives out there than being an actor but um (laughs) you know I still think it must be kind of yeah you see a lot I think we see a lot now this kind of like oh you know I don't I don't really care attitude and I don't think he has that at all and I think it's um yeah there's a real earnestness to him which i think is so fascinating considering Mm. how like dark and like sad i would say almost all of his roles are like yeah i don't think he's ever he's ever made a comedy no (laughs) yeah well i mean this is the closest (laughs) yeah i mean i don't i don't want to like over overstate it but i mean i i do think that like now i'm saying i I don't want to overstate it now i'm going to absolutely overstate it but like (laughs) i do think that like i you know i don't think that like not experiencing you know trauma or even just like you know mild hardship like i don't think that that makes you like a lesser artist like obviously Mm -hmm. you can be an amazing artist you know in, in in any situation but I I do think that there is something to people who've had, um, you know, just seeing like the sort of like expansiveness of like humanity and like human experience in the way that comes with um, experiencing hardship that I I think tends to make your art better. Like, I don't, I don't think you have to be, I don't think you have to suffer to be a good artist, but I do think that like having some suffering, I mean, especially like as, you know, I think we're the same age Hannah is like, you know, the, you know, getting older and like you, you get more experiences like piled up. It, it makes you a better, better artist. It makes you a better thinker. It makes you more empathetic. And like, I think that like people who experience that at like a really young age can, that can really often like build up a sort of like well of um, just like human experience to, to mm. draw from. And I think that like, that's part of the appeal of, of Barry is that like he's got this like he's clearly you know been been through it and like you know it's lovely to see him when he's like you know celebrating like having this you know great success but I think that like 
there is like a, a foundation in his roles of being someone who's like been been through a lot and mm. and so he's clearly got like a lot of emotional uh depth to to draw from i don't know what do you think Michael? yeah no i mean i i 100 uh, agree um my way of thinking about this is always um i don't know i uh hate i don't i don't really enjoy um m- performances uh I don't, I don't really love winners. I don't know. I don't love, the, I don't love performers or I don't always love performers or artists who I have a sense are just kind of like grandfathered into uh, the system. It's just, it's just kind of boring for me. Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, which doesn't mean they're, you know, never, never good. Never no, great. it doesn't mean that it doesn't yeah. mean that at all, but um, I don't know. Just the knowledge that this man is like a amateur boxer, uh, and mm-hmm. boxing is not something that someone who comes from money does. Like you get your ass kicked. Um, so it's pretty much just work. Yeah. Um, like it makes perfect sense that he's having this kind of really like fast, medi- meteoric like rise. Like he is mm-hmm. a big deal in a lot of the genre movies that I've seen. Like I don't think fucking uh, Joaquin Phoenix was done filming the joker before they were like we gotta get him like lined up for this (laughs) uh you know big prestige role uh um but yeah no i i uh i definitely got the sense in banshees that there was you know he's got he's got layers like there's there's many layers to this performance um just every time he uh rubs his hands across his nose um oh Uh, god yeah the guy's the guy's good (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a real like master of misdirection as well because I think when you first meet this character you have a real kind of like okay I know I know the role that this character is going to play like, yeah I, you know he's kind of sidekick the goofy like kind of yeah um he's the, fool, make, the yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to, make, to make Padraig look look a little bit less <laughs> yeah. by comparison yeah. um but then you know we do discover the, this kind of like almost like Greek tragedy <laughs> yeah. that his character is yeah. like because he's so innocent bless him like he's he's a real kind of like a, a romantic like you know mm-hmm. he in, in the most misguided way possible but um all he kind of wants to do is like settle down like you know he's just like yeah. just wants to find a girl and settle down and um i think like it to make a film where i'm completely like captivated by the central story but i'm also like oh my god i could easily watch another film that is just about dominic i 100 percent agree like, yeah you know well what's dominic up to like every scene i'm like what's he doing what's he what's he doing and then obviously yeah the kind of great the great heartbreak of this film is kind of you know finding out like there's clearly so much hidden pain in his life and mm-hmm. whilst Podrick and colm are having their petty what does she call it um petty trifles or something yeah. uh, um there's this like genuinely like this poor abused boy in the background just kind of like keeping on trucking like making his little quips and like asking yeah. he's in the club and he's like ah oh, you're always playing this depressing music play something you can dance to and like <laughs> you know, it's, I, I think it's yeah it's um it's something that kind of stayed with me after the film ended I was like oh you know this character um has kind of I think maybe more to him than Colm and, and Podrick do in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I think you know, mm-hmm. um he's the one and he, I think him and Siobhan are the two that kind of like I couldn't stop thinking about afterwards and probably the two that I relate to the most as well mm-hmm. don't know what that says about me personally but um <laughs> yeah. 
No, I think definitely I, I have to, I, I agree with you, Shelley. I don't think that going through something necessarily is a prerequisite of becoming right. a artist, but I do think that he has been able to channel that into something very productive. And mm. I, I like hats off because god if i could make my trauma like half as like exciting and interesting as he has made his like you know uh, right? <laughs> be a t- very you know i could only dream of that but um yeah, same I mean, yeah if I could be, like productive with my trauma oh, lovely oh my god exactly you know it's this like everyone why... goes through something oh, <laughs> this is why i'm journaling every day <laughs> well hannah do you remember like who was like your first movie crush like when you were a kid oh okay so I, I, the first one I can kind of ex- like very strongly remember is, um, there were two. So it was Keanu Reeves in the matrix yes. when I was about 11. Oh my like, God. And I should yes. have been watching that film at 11. Cause it blew my mind. I was just like, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> And uh, the other one was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko, a film that I also Accurate. should not have been watching. At it's appropriate. Like... It found you at the right age. <laughs> so I was reading uh, Lolita at like 12. So like, we're all fucked up. It's fine. I was watching Secretary <laughs> at like 11. Yeah. So we're okay, good. There we go. We're all, on, we're all on the same kind of like, yeah. you know, like, like, like it gave me nightmares, but it was, it was kind of cool. Like type, type like thing. But, Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. Like of those two, Keanu is definitely the one that like has endured. I think, and also like aged like a fine wine. I'm oh like, my god, that's, that's what four. I can be proud of. Me? Taylor Swift's yes. not writing songs about him. Yes, um, so, <laughs> you know, like even like John Wick Four, I was like, a this guy looks incredible for his age, and b like he is just the most charming and like again like has this something about him very differently from Barry, but I think I've always been attracted to those mm. actors who kind of have this um whole life beyond the screen you know mm. like someone like leonardo dicaprio or austin butler i'm kind of like mm. oh boring yeah. boring doesn't really seem like you got much going on oh my <laughs> god know? no hold on leo has a life beyond the screen he's fucking 21 year old he's, he's fucking a lot of young women <laughs> right, yeah sorry who can forget he's something dick come yes. on he's got yes. he's got a life consistently 25 year old it's a lot it's a lot yeah. of work to make sure yeah. it's a lot and of breaking up wearing headphones and listening to music while he fucks them allegedly okay. the number I, is this like some like urban legend that like all kind of middle schoolers are told or something because it I, the fact that like in the past month i've had conversations about this this kind of like rumor unfortunately <laughs> um i went insane during covid and i started looking at reddit and so i looked at the dumois reddit <laughs> and that was like a a big thing that everyone was like so you know leo has headphones on while he fucks people and i was like oh <laughs> do the do the songs like because i was told it was kids by mgmt like that was the, oh no i never heard any no. specific songs absolutely so. not oh my god inappropriate that, Leonardo yeah, that sounds like it might be an urban legend but i am calling the police I would not be shocked if he if he was just like because did you guys ever see the um there was an interview with Alia Shawcat. I was just oh. thinking about the, the Joaquin Phoenix story. What? Oh, oh what's this supposed to be? Wait, what? Okay, Wait, so what? she told a story about going to like a Hollywood party right. where she was like flirting with some guy who was like a famous guy. And then he like took her to his bedroom and made her like shave her pussy. And then before they could fuck. 
and then they fucked and she like went home but like he was like really weird about her like making sure she like shaved everything down there what i did not know that was like yeah allegedly i believe yeah alleged allegedly yeah wow yeah that's wild <laughs> i think there was like similarly to uh, dumas there was kind of people were like okay who is it unlike the forums online yeah Reddit, yeah, yeah. And, like, kind of you know put pieces wow. together the little bits because it was a vice video yeah um, yes yes yeah. yeah they did like an animated version on vice yeah it was like Insane. a little cartoon of her being like uh, and then like a guy like shaving her pussy <laughs> i highly recommend you watch it because it is like just insane yeah. um but yeah that's yeah. so part of like a surprising number of like weird animated videos of like strange <laughs> circumstances like there was like that animated video of him uh getting saved from his burning car by uh Werner herzog what yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently he story. crashed his car and uh Werner Herzog pulled him out before he like burned to death. The oh first th- yeah, he was like the first thing he heard when he came to was Werner Herzog. <laughs> I was like, that would I would be like, I'm dead. That like, is that is wild. Joaquin. <laughs> he's another one though. He's another one of my like formative crushes. Oh. Like him and him yeah. and Gladiator of all things. <laughs> Oh, girl. yeah not russell crowe give me some of that incest like yeah <laughs> incest your emperor that's what i'm into incest like, twinks oh <laughs> love it's the um, eyes and also like since i heard that the way he asked out well n- not the way he asked out but the first thing he said to rooney mara um was a stepbrothers quote oh my and, god and and she Sorry. didn't realize it was a stepbrothers quote she just thought he was weird and she's still married. <laughs> that all completely checks out. I as, love that. <laughs> I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I knew I was right to bet on this guy, but also, of course she didn't know it. Of course Rudy Mara doesn't so know stepbrothers. Funny. Like, That's yeah, so I, funny. <laughs> That's, yeah, another one of my, like, I think, like, he's another, like, everyone is hot, like, candidate oh listen we've talked about him in uh we have holy moly you never already hit oh my god he's great (laughs) his thick arms and his greasy ponytail Uh, he loves his mom so much Uh, loves her so much when they're like singing together when they're singing that song i've never been to me oh love that moment listen we love a man (laughs) who is a brutal murderer but he's got a good heart yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's doing it for the right reasons you know which is why you should all the only reason to murder someone is with good intentions. Yeah, because so. he's hurting. Yeah. <laughs> and because they were Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, did you find that there was like a big like leap like from your first crushes when you were like a kid to when you became a teenager to when you became an adult? Did it all like change drastically? Because I know it did for me. I think um, I was always kind of... Um, it was always like the weird ones for me. I mean, yeah. I think like for for like a a twelve year old in when would it have been like when was I twelve in like two thousand and five two thousand and yeah two thousand four two thousand five to be into Keanu Reeves bit weird <laughs> like the Matrix was five years before that. Like, I remember like ki- kids at my school were like what like who who is that who's this like old man like that that was like yeah and now I'm like wow. I, I was done dirty. I was correct, <laughs> and all those other, all those middle schoolers were wrong. Um, but then I was like a very cliche teenager who was. I was really into emo music. So I was oh, like, same. Love, love it. Pete Wentz and um, Gabe Supporter, and oh. you know, like that. Yeah, big panic at the disco phase. Oh, ah, yeah. very good. Some of those love I stand it. by. Some of them I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, is um is Dashboard Confessional? Are they considered emo? 
their emo like yeah. emo it ca- covers a very large we never really i feel like we never really defined what it was because <laughs> it could be so many different things um but i was definitely a dashboard confessional uh boy um oh, i love i lo- hands down still bad hands down is like oh I'll, I'll put that song on and start going to bed. I was like, oh, time to have some dreams, some nice dreams <laughs> about some nice times at the beach. Oh, and Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, I was like, yeah, I love I'm Death in. Cab. If it was on the soundtrack for a season of The O.C., then I was forget it. Sold. Did anyone here ever listen to Rilo Kiley at all? Yes. Oh my God. Portions uh, for foxes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. yes. Oh God. <laughs> I am um, at the end of um, the. Oh gosh, I've forgotten her name. The comedian um, who did Nanette. Oh. Um, um, oh God. What's her name? Um, oh <laughs> you know shit. I yeah, but I. I yeah, oh, long. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why is this? Uh, what yeah, girlfriend of? Um, the creator of Transparent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of June. Uh, of Anna Gatsby, yes, but yes. creative yes. Nanette. Did you know yes. that Picasso was kind of a sexist? <laughs> <laughs> well, she ends Nanette with um, a better son, a better daughter, oh. and I was just like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, Cause I love that song so oh, much. What a good, like, yeah. a good era of music. Oh. Oh, yeah, incredible era for music. So I was very like you know typical teen in that way like all my crushes were kind of like i think pretty standard there's no kind of like really <laughs> you know none of them are that weird i think it got it was kind of like we started at like maybe like a a, a seven for weirdness and then we kind of went down it was yeah, like, okay, yeah. yeah like all, all, you know all the email girls that like brennan you really yeah, well. yeah. Like, that's not like that's not anything that exciting yeah I did have, like, weird hot 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 <laughs> i and like legolas from lord of the rings oh of course so it was like yeah yes. i was a huge like legolas kid and now uh. i'm like what was i doing obviously aragorn is a superior choice like, yeah i was gonna say was not aragorn like, no not aragorn yeah i, but I also think like i, I and I, this is something that i really kind of like processed i think recently so i was like um I went to Catholic school and then didn't like realize that I was like bisexual until I was like 23. Mm. And now like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, no, maybe it makes sense. I went for like the pretty girly. (laughs) And I also like, I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was like, I've gone for the one that looks exactly like Buffy the Vampire Slayer a long time. Hilarious. You know, like it all kind of like makes sense now. Like looking back on it, I had a massive poster of um, Sarah Michelle Gellar on my wall, and it's like no one, no one like no, no, no one clocked this. I just know, like the show. No, uh. <laughs> I didn't clock it. Yeah, yeah. It was only like I, I, I actually the, the film um, Miseducation of Cameron Post. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh wait, <laughs> hang yeah. on a second. You know, kind of like all these like years of like, and my parents have like my mum is very very. Um, like very liberal and supportive and mm. like you know there was no way that she would have had any issue but i think i was just so indoctrinated oh yeah because like, that's what you, you see know? growing up you yeah. know exactly. i mean exactly so you know i think yeah that kind of enforced heterosexuality of uh, catholics isn't really that did wild some damage, yeah you know? uh, like, i also I mean, went to a catholic school and yeah. it was the same exact shit um if yeah. you if you expressed any kind of sentiment that deviated from you know uh, the enforced uh heterosexual fucking vibe of the place then you know you'll get bullied and stuff but um yeah oh my god 
Yeah, I mean, the only kids that were out, like, did get, like, mercilessly bullied. So I think it was, like, you know, there was a kind of, like, a sad thing where, like, I'm sure other kids, like, knew they were gay and or, like, queer and didn't want to come out because they knew kind of what would happen. And there were people like me who were just, like, you know, I I had a really hard time in high school. And I I think that was probably part of it. I just had kind of no idea what was going on in my little, like, scrambled, like, egg brain. (laughs) Like, just no kind of, like, concept. And, you know, that was a kind of, like... um, a funny thing to become aware at like 23 24 however old I was and be like oh wait a second now I can go back and like look at like yeah. all this stuff throughout my teens and be like wait a second uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Yay. did I did I really like Paramore or was I just really into Hayley Williams you know like that kind of thing like um and the truth is no I don't really like Paramore as a band I just really fancied Hayley Williams like oh. apologies to that band <laughs> like, yeah. you know things like that and I think as I got older I've become more kind of um uh, just accepting of like you know my my um idiosyncratic taste i remember a friend yeah. once i confided in a friend once um that i uh really fancied machine gun kelly and this is this is one that <laughs> I, I yeah no, no this, is like, this is and i will say this was this was a good three years ago okay this was like this was like pre courtney kardashian and i'm not proud of it like it was a it was a weak <laughs> moment in my life but like i remember him saying to me he's just like you have incredibly confusing taste in like in people because it was like him and like who else was there um pete davidson mm. and i do think um, there's a certain sheen on like foreign people <laughs> that is like you know i think for probably you for like americans like oh okay that guy might be interesting there are so many like british losers that i like <laughs> i'm so attracted to and i'm sure that like all my british friends would be like really that guy and i'm like but mm, <laughs> he's different than the guys that i interact with every day in new york so like, genuinely yeah i would i would say like um a friend of mine is from massachusetts and i'm always i'm like a hard like affleck girl like i love ben affleck girl. he's great he's got a um, yeah i've got an know, ongoing think- chat with one of my best friends about how much we love ben affleck He's six foot four. Like, <laughs> and he's so oh. sad. And it's and he's so sad. And also, like, really smart. Like, his Hollywood Reporter interview where he's talking about um, yes. the structure for air and, like, how he gave everyone in the in the crew, like, equity in the film. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. And no, I, my yeah, friend and I, I have, like, an ongoing chat about uh, Ben and Matt and how one <laughs> is a smart, dumb guy and one is a dumb, smart guy. We think that Matt is a dumb, smart guy. He comes across as like intellectual, but we think he's an idiot. Right. And Ben comes across as maybe the dumber one, but we think he's actually very. But he smart. is the smarter. He is smart. <laughs> he's the smarter one. Yeah. Oh, he gets lit up in the media because he embarrasses himself sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, I'm struggling in... sometimes, and that's okay. I appreciate. <laughs> That he can just be himself authentically and, you know, maybe look like a fool sometimes. And <laughs> this giant back tattoo. Oh, God. I <laughs> yeah, love exactly. him. I love him. I, oh. I think he's someone who's really owned his kind of um, indiscretions and yeah. his mistakes. And, you know, I mean, that, I remember that clip of him on TLL go, doing the rounds with Hilly Burton where he, like, oh, touches yes. his grass. And, like, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously that is, like, not okay. And I think a real, like, 
incredible visual summary of what it was like to be a young woman in the early noughties. Like, wow, <laughs> a weird time. Um, what a weird time that that was just a thing that would be broadcast on television. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the fact he kind of came out and was like, yeah, that was a really shitty thing I did. And like, I'm incredibly, you know, sorry for that. And I think, you know, it's the bare minimum really, isn't it? To be like, yeah. oh, wow. It's nice that a guy acknowledged that he did yeah. something shitty. Yeah. But, um, the, but the reason... The reason I bring him up is because, yeah, I have a, a friend who is from Massachusetts and, like, <laughs> is just terminally disgusted with me because I'm like, oh, no, I could, like, I just go there with a net. Like, that, like, mass whole accent, like, does something to my brain receptors. I'm just like, tell me about t- tell me about the Red Sox, man. I want to know all about the Red Sox. Like, it's, I just, tell me about Duncan. How do you feel about Duncan? Like, you know, like, I it just, yeah, that accent really does things for me. Like, <laughs> Listen, girl, I'm from America and I was in, like, an SAT, like, two training course one time and some guy from like minnesota came in with like the strongest like midwest accent and i was like oh, oh my god you're so exotic that's so hot <laughs> sounds like you're in fargo oh. yeah like, i've never heard this in person yeah you sound like fargo <laughs> that's the other thing yeah it's like i mean hearing these accents on screen has such a massive influence i yeah. think it's all with banshees it's you know that hearing those irish accents mm-hmm. on screen like irish accents are incre- northern irish like southern irish like all of them are sexy like they're just it's just a sexy accent to have and um this film is like full of those like the yeah. lilting kind of like even when they're angry i'm like ooh, ooh, yeah but if you were shouting at me i'd be like ooh, ooh, keep going like, yeah sorry i find every <laughs> accent sexy i think scouse is sexy okay like <laughs> i mean i i got made fun of i used to be in <laughs> i don't think i've told this on the, on the podcast before maybe in a beta episode i used to be in a south asian theater troupe and <laughs> everyone there <laughs> who was from india thought that it was hilarious that i thought that indian accents were so hot but they are like i love every single accent every single accent is fun and sexy <laughs> i agree i agree i love it I, I yeah i mean i think it is that thing of just like someone who doesn't sound like you yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound and different from me and that is cool i love it's, that yeah, <laughs> exactly it's cool and it's interesting and you have like fun slang words oh that yes I don't know, and like that, that yes. cultural exchange is fun for me of like learning what words people use for different things and like getting to teach you swear words and yeah. you know just like <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, so it's good. Just, it just makes you feel more kind of um um international to go back to yeah that's nice I never tire of it I, I grew up with um, a friend who's from Ukraine and I used to oh, when no. I went to her house she would speak to her mom in Ukrainian and I was just like so like charmed by this and she would always be like really embarrassed by it and I was like no no it's really cool that like you, you can just switch between the two really easily or I used to think that was the coolest thing in the world oh, yeah. like, I mean I, I don't know how it is for you guys like in the American uh, school system, but over here it's like you will do a few years of maybe English or German or Spanish, yeah. but like it's not really like that. There's not really a kind of emphasis on learning a second language, and I think that's such a shame. Yeah. It's, it's, the it's same. such a useful it's the same skill. Shit. Yeah. And not only is it useful, it's really fun and it helps with your like natural English. It helps with, you know, kind of just everything. And yeah, I, mean, I lived in Germany for a year and it was just so nice to kind of so cool. be trying to kind of do that and like flex that muscle and very, very badly. And everyone in Germany was always just like, I'm just going to speak English because it's going to be like, and I just be there like, okay <laughs> just doing it in a german accent like that would make it better somehow. oh yeah um no every yeah, time no. i've been to france i'm like please just let me suffer through my friend like, <laughs> please don't switch <laughs> i mean i i also have the curse of like I, i've got a good ear for accents but i'm terrible at like 
grammar and remembering things. Mm. So I can start out a conversation and I kind of sound like a local. And so people go like a million miles a minute. Then I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm an idiot and I can't say anything. So (laughs) could we switch to English? (laughs) Yeah, I always start out quite strong and then just get worse as it goes on. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's sad for everyone involved. But I mean, you know, like I think going somewhere new and trying it is like, uh, it's a brave thing to do and I think yeah. that you know I, I always like say to them like you know your English is a million times better than yeah. when someone's like apologizing to me yeah. for like not speaking good English I'm like yeah. your English is so much better than my French would be or my German right or, right you know I think it's yeah I my hat always goes off to like uh, anyone who could do that and I think that's yeah going back to what we were saying earlier about like Irish and Welsh and uh, Gaelic out of Scotland I think it's yeah it's it's really nice that people are kind of working to try and preserve those languages because I think it's yeah. it's the great joy of life I always love learning you know about like there's like 50 words in yeah. um, the Inuit language for snow and things yeah. I always love that shit like you know, Ugh, this is making me want to re-download Duolingo because <laughs> do it Michael do I, it there was a period in time in Bushwick in high school where like I was learning Spanish and I was like learning it and I was trying to communicate with it and like where I live uh like there's a lot of Spanish speakers and uh like I like can I like look Dominican in like in my very mm-hmm. Dominican neighborhood so a lot of people would speak to me in Spanish and I did try and I couldn't get over the fact that I was like, man, I sound like such a fucking idiot. I know I sound like it. I don't even know how dumb I sound. Uh, <laughs> but the people were always. Self-consciousness of it. Oh, really God. Like, but yeah. this is making me want to like re-engage that because uh, yeah. it's so important for your brain <laughs> and well-being and perspective well, on life. Well, on an entirely uh, different subject. So, okay, Banshees, going back to it. What would you both pair with this as like a double feature or if someone loved the movie, what would you recommend to them as something that they should also watch? Ooh, Hannah, you go first. Uh, my, my list. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we started off this podcast. I knew this question was coming and I'm still like, you know, just like totally kind of dead behind the eyes, like blank, like no idea. Um, I think I would go completely the opposite way from this film and I would go for a great film about friendship. Um, mm. So not about a breakup, just about a really a lovely friendship, uh, which is the film Girlfriends. By, uh, <gasps> you Wilde. stole mine! Oh. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe it. <laughs> you let me go first. Ah. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> No, I love go that. on, go on, go on. Um, so in a way, in a way, it is kind of a breakup movie, I guess, because it's about yeah. these two best friends. It is a breakup who, movie. Um, are living in New York, and one of them gets a, a boyfriend, and um, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, her life starts to move in that direction, and um, it's kind of how they work out how to navigate that as friends. Like, how do you kind of make space in your life for um, someone's, someone else's kind of partner and and that that kind of divergence i guess as we get older as you know we go into our through our 20s into our 30s that that is something that starts to happen to a lot of people is that they notice that their friends are settling down or that maybe they settle Mm. down and um yeah i just think it's a really um beautifully kind of articulated study of something that i don't think a lot of us are that good at 
doing <laughs> I think it doesn't really uh especially when you live with someone like New York or someone like London where you're kind of like on the grind constantly and you're mm-hmm. hustling and your friends become so integral to your life because a lot of us don't really have family nearby so it's mm-hmm. you know when that can't you start to feel that strain of like your friends pulling away a little bit it is kind of hard and especially if you're at a very different po- point in your life and in your kind of relationships it can be a really kind of yeah sad and isolating thing so I think Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's one of the kind of best articulations I've seen of that on screen and um a different a very different vibe from Banshees but um (laughs) a a lovely film and has a great animal as well there's a great duck in in yes (laughs) well since you fucking stole mine <laughs> I wow that. i thought i was going like off i was like I, I'm, I'm going left incredible. Field. <laughs> yeah incredible. say i was like oh my, no one's gonna choose girlfriends oh god <laughs> so i i think that instead i will put in its place going in a very different direction yeah let's uh, keep going in, in very different directions of, of of meeting the tone of the movie i would say maybe lars von trier's uh melancholia because mm. i mean Banshees is a film about depression and Melancholia is a film about depression. And I think that so much of both of those films is about how the people around a profoundly depressed person, like how they react to that. And, you know, in, in Banshees, it's, um, it, it, you you know, you maybe get the sense that Brendan Gleeson's character is, uh, (laughs) appropriately depressed because he's living in such a sort of like depressed situation um but you get that even more so in melancholia uh (laughs) with uh, kirsten dunst because uh the world is ending um but yeah i think that they both are just really really lovely um and sad uh yeah explorations of like what it is to be depressed and how the people around you deal with it so i don't know what do you think michael no i i I think that is a an apt pairing (laughs) i am uh running through my list right now because i'm I'm trying (laughs) to come up with something (laughs) that that isn't fucking dumb dumb (laughs) dumb Uh, (laughs) but um (laughs) all right so i throughout this episode i've just been writing titles um so under Banshees, I have, I'm just going to say a bunch, and I'm not going to really ex- expand on them. So okay. one is Mikey and Nikki, um, because that We've is about that the end of like a friendship. We've done that for every episode. We've done that for every episode, so I can't use it. Um, the other one that I have is uh, Shrek, um, which is a film about friendship. Explain. Uh, well, uh, you see, Shrek is an ogre who doesn't want nobody to come around him, and uh there's a donkey that does. There's a donkey in Shrek. There's a donkey in Shrek. There's a donkey in Banshees. Uh, okay, my next pick was going to be Good Burger, but I think we can call it at Shrek. Shrek is my official pairing <laughs> with Banshees. I, I think <laughs> I think I've won this section I of. That. Yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> I, think I, I actually can see that. I can see that. <laughs> and we were saying that Barry has layers. Yes. 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 <laughs> and onions as well. That's wow. beautiful. Well, we are going to round out the episode with a quick little game because we love to play a game. Uh, and we're going to go for a classic this time, which is Fuck, Marry, Kill. And it's going to be Barry, Brendan Gleeson, 
and Colin Farrell. And it's up to each of us to decide, are we talking about their characters? Are we talking about the actors or a mix of characters and actors? Mm. So it's, it's, we got a lot of leeway here. So Michael, what do you think? What's your fuck, Mary kill? Okay. I'm going all uh, characters. And I'm also, I'm going to throw in as a wild card. If you want to throw in Donald Gleason, <laughs> go for it. Oh, I think I'm going to stick with the three that we have. Okay. I am going to, oh my God. Oh God. Okay. Oh God. I am going to marry Colin. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I'm going to marry Colin because he's loyal. I'm going to marry Colin because he's going to uh, care about our relationship. Um, I'm going to marry his character in Banshees, rather. Uh, because mm-hmm. of this, I love loyalty. I love mm-hmm. people uh, who are, like, happy to fucking see me. It's nice to be, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I can, you know, feed that friendship, feed that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like we're going to have nice routines. Um, mm-hmm. So that's an easy one. The more difficult one is I'm going to fuck uh, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, I'm going to it. fuck Brendan Gleeson as his character <laughs> in this movie. Um, I think it would be nice the first time. And then uh, we're probably not going to see each other again. And yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be like a mutual like a mutual fading away and yeah. I'll probably look at my phone, my texts and be like, Oh shit. Did I ghost that person? I feel kind of shitty. <laughs> um, and did he start, like cutting off all his fingers or oh, did I, did yeah. I get ghosted? Did I get ghosted? I'll see his Instagram. I'll see that he's like cutting off his fingers and it's like, Oh, he's not mm-hmm. really in a great place right now. Probably not a good time to follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, which yes. means fuck. Ah, oh, I hate that. I am doing this. Oh God! I guess I have to kill. I guess I have to kill Barry I, as his character. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. It it really sucks, and I I'm gonna try to explain it. It feels like this feels like an old Yeller type situation. Um, yeah. God damn! I feel so bad that I have done this to this character. Um. Oh God. Someone in your hypothetical, uh, in your hype, whoever is going next, please kill me in your next one. I am the villain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be happy about it. It's just what I have to do as a consequence of the first two decisions that I made. And I'll try to explain that to him, and I'm sure he'll understand, which will make it that much sadder when I have to, Oof. when I have to kill him. <laughs> oh God, it's rough. It's rough. I, Hannah, what are you thinking? Um. I'm gonna go with the people in real life. Okay. Uh, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, b- um, better choice. I'm gonna. I, <laughs> okay. I I I'm gonna go with um, fuck Barry. Um, Ooh, yes. You know, I just think he'd be he'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, marry Colin because mm. I, I mean you know I I. 
have loved him again for like he he was one of my I, not a weird crush because he is he's so think, fucking hot <laughs> yeah very very like acknowledged to be to be incredibly good looking um so yeah you know fulfill a childhood fantasy um, yeah. <laughs> and then kill kill brandon but my rationale is that he's he's like in his 60s anyway you know like it's <laughs> like you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that like He's had, good, a... he's had a good. Life. <laughs> he's had yeah. a good run. That sounds like I'm like putting him out to pasture. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, Brendan, like, you're done good. Like Logan's Logan's run. <laughs> just yeah. like okay, I say, yeah, you get a sixty, out you go. Like, yeah. um, but you know, we appreciate I, all you've done, Brendan. <laughs> but now it's your time. It's time exactly. You know, like, before he like makes a bad movie. <laughs> there you bad go. Movie. Or before he becomes like a Brian Cox and starts saying like crazy shit, and you're like, exactly. Oh. Yeah, but I will say as well. I will say. Um, Domino Gleason is like I love Domino Gleason, and if any people listening haven't listened to his episode of the Off Menu podcast, <gasps> it's my favorite episode oh, of maybe of oh. any podcast ever. It's so good. It's so good. He's like a massive foodie, and like yes. name checks all these incredible restaurants, and he just seems so charming and funny, and mm-hmm. I, I adore him. And wish he like got more work because I just yeah I, I think like. He's such an underrated actor. I think he's great. So did you he, watch yeah. uh, Frank of Ireland? No, I didn't because it just, mm. <laughs> I just, I was like, this looks so cringe. It's <laughs> not a great show, but he is so fucking funny on it. He's really <laughs> good. He's, it's like he's him so and his adorable. Brother, isn't it? Yeah, it's him and his brother. Yeah. And his brother plays like, you know, a massive prick who's like so <laughs> annoying. And he plays just like the most lovable, like, idiot. It's so. It's very cute. <laughs> oh, okay. I might have to give it a go. Oh, yeah, I, I love Domino. I think he's great. His his Biffa like acceptance speech when he had to go up and accept his uh, an award for his dad, but they were nominated in the same category. Yeah, and his dad beat him, and then he just had to get up and like be like he gave the most chaotic kind of like rambling like written on a kind of like bit of like crumpled up paper speeches it's so charming yeah. yeah i love him the ex machina press tour between him and oscar isaac lives rent free in my head one so of the best good. like four months of my life my tumblr was never the same after that like yeah yeah so I, that's my bit on domino i think he's an angel and yeah he above all them all like he yeah he he transcends fuck Mary kill for me <laughs> perfect uh, okay so for mine I think I, I was going to have basically the same lineup as Hannah, but just to mix things up, I'm going to change it a bit. I'm going to say I would fuck Colin because he, I, you know, he hasn't said specifically if he fucked um, Elizabeth Taylor, but it mm. sounds like he did. Good. And you know that man has like got a lot going on. And he's just got like the most amazing sexual energy. So <laughs> gotta be Colin. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna marry um Brendan Gleason and hoping that I'm gonna have like a like a Teorama scenario where I fuck the whole family. <laughs> so I'm gonna marry <laughs> Brendan Gleason and then me and Donald and then the brother who plays Frank of Ireland, we're all we're Ryan. all getting into it. <laughs> And then unfortunately, that means I have to kill Mary. 
god, poor Barry, he's not done well out of this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, come on, and we'll talk about how hot Barry is. And then we'll kill him. You, you two will like, kind of kill that guy. God. The problem is that like, he's so, so hot, but yet he plays all these psychos. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard when he's put up against, come on. Uh, these other I'm sure guys? he does Jeez. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, this was fucking delightful. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. This was so fun. Yes, this was great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's delightful. I don't often get to talk about this kind of thing. So it's it's nice, you know, to talk about film in a different context, I think. <laughs> yeah, we love being horny. Um, where, where can people follow you? And do you have anything coming up that people should look out for? Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter on... Um, at rather the third hand i um i'm private but i accept everyone um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the least exclusive no, like, yeah, in the the world. you get to protect <laughs> yeah. yourself yeah you don't want exactly yeah. exactly like yeah um and i tweet yeah a lot about my cat about <laughs> about being horny about you know about bill hader recently a lot of bill hader tweets and now succession starting again it's going to be a lot of kendall oh, Roy can't wait simping. Yes. uh so I'm a roman you know, girl eh. uh, <laughs> slime puppy nation yes. um no I'm a, I'm a kendall girl at heart so that's the Mitski of it all for me. With him. Like you know, um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm at Little Lies reviewing films and writing about films, and we have our new issue out, which is about this uh, amazing film, Polite Society, which is directed by Nida Manzur, and it's about a teenage girl who wants to become a stunt woman and um, is also having to save her sister from a nefarious. Uh, man who is trying to kind of seduce her and it's very funny and very good I'm not sure when it's out in the States but it's out in the UK at the end of April but yeah the magazine is out there in the world now so everyone can pick that up and read it and enjoy it and support independent film publishing <laughs> that rules uh, Little White Lies is amazing please guys follow them there's some great film journalism going on there and michael where can people follow us y'all can find us on all social medias at everyone is hot pod that's every number one is hot pod and if you're listening to us on apple podcasts please rate us five stars uh anything less will uh not be good not be good for you Yeah, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But in the meantime, uh, what should all the listeners do? Stay horny. horny. I feel so bad that we killed him. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.